Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. We're getting close, people. We're getting close to watching the next Lions game, Lions in Tampa Bay on Sunday, the national game on Fox. 425 kickoff. All of America will be watching. The creamsicles are coming back for Tampa Bay. That seems like that's a bad decision. They stunk with the creamsicles. But they're bringing them on back. So you got the Lions, you got the Bucks. The Bucks are three and one. I don't know if Mike Evans is going to play. Baker Mayfield's got to come back down to earth eventually. Then there's the Lions. One of the best offenses in the game. One of the best defenses in the game. One of the best teams through five games in Detroit we've seen, if not the best. We went over it yesterday. I am comfortable saying it, even though people got annoyed and upset. The Lions through five games this season are the best Detroit team through five games ever. Better than 91 when they were 4-1, and one, made it to the NFC title game. Better than 2011, they started 5-0 and oh before Jim Schwartz took the slap on the back by Jim Harbaugh. Better than 2014, this Lions football team is really good. Really good. So we should be focusing on that, right? But we're not. This is Detroit, people. For the longest time, we had a bad football team. We don't really know what it's like to have a good football team, so we're used to bitching and moaning and whining. That's what we do best. I take pride in that. And it happened yesterday. I got to explain this. So Dan Campbell, every Tuesday, goes on our morning show, the Stoney and Jansen show. And Dan Campbell talked about all things Lions and Bucks. It was a great interview, as it always is. But, of course, Dan Campbell was asked about Jamison Williams, who played in last week's game. Wasn't very good. Made a nice block on a David Montgomery 42-yard touchdown run. But for the most part, JMO in 28 snaps, 40% of the offense, was kind of non-existent. It's not a big deal. So working his way back in, 
made his debut of the season. We know through what Jamison Williams has been through. But Dan Campbell talked about JMO, and immediately the narrative changed from, wow, we got a great football team, to, oh, what's up with Jamison Williams? I want to play you this cup. Let me play you this cup by Dan Campbell, the head coach. Then we got to discuss it. I'm going to tell you what I think it means. I want to know what you think it means. And then we'll see what side of the fence you're on. Because if we're being completely honest, here, right now, there's two camps. There's the camp that thinks Jamison Williams, he's already a bust. Then there's the other camp that says, that's stupid. He hasn't really had a chance to acclimate himself to the NFL. Jared Goff said that too, by the way. So we'll see what camp you're in. But first, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell tried uh, pretty much changing the narrative of Detroit sports on a Tuesday, said this about Jamison Williams. Take a listen. He's got a lot of room for improvement, which I, I totally expected for his first one out uh, since preseason. Um, but, I mean, I, that's look, he's got room for growth. I, I, we love the way he was getting in there, mixing it up. He made some big blocks for us in the run game. Um, man, you could feel his speed uh, on some of these linear routes down the field. And look, that was step one. Um, and I've told everybody that, to me, it's all about getting him acclimated, getting him back. And the development now starts over. It begins. And so now you're in the building, you're at every practice, and, and his reps will go up here. And the more that he can prove uh, that he can do and help us, then the more we'll ask him to do. So um, that was step one. It's good to have him back with us. Yeah. So... Here's what I take out of that comment, and I want to know what you take in the comment section below. I think Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are moving on from Jamison Williams. Now, don't freak out. Don't get dramatic because it's not dramatic. Dan Campbell sounded like a guy that understands his job is to win football games. Sounded like a guy that knows that his receiver that was taken last year at the 12th overall spot in the draft is simply not ready. He's not going to be ready anytime soon. That's what it sounded like. Meanwhile, the Lions offense is rolling. Meanwhile, the Lions organization is rolling. So to me, it sounds like, hey, JMO, if you can catch up, you get more reps, you make an impact, beautiful. If you can't, okay. Next year is going to be the year, but we will continue to roll. We'll continue to try to win football games. Whether you're a part of it, whether you're not. But when you hear Dan Campbell says JMO is starting from stage one, essentially, to me, that means Jamison Williams has a long way to go. I don't think the organization is upset with JMO. I still think Brad Holmes trusts JMO. I still think he thinks about that blazing speed and that reminds him why he drafted him in the first place. But overall, I don't even think we should be talking about Jamison Williams. He's not a factor right now, and that's okay. Look at this Lions offense. You're going to get Amon Ross St. Brown back against Tampa Bay. He's your number one best weapon. Sam Laporta, he's been fantastic for the Lions. He's got three touchdowns already. He's already got a chemistry with Jared Goff. He's probably weapon number two. What about Josh Reynolds? Everybody forgets about Josh Reynolds. He's been absolutely outstanding. Three touchdowns himself. Khalif Raymond, they signed him to a two-year deal. He's got a touchdown. The pecking order of the offense right now 
J-Mo's like five or six. So he should take his time. He should do the work. He should get ready. And hopefully at some point he can make an impact. And if he doesn't, then you got to believe that next year becomes the prove it year. But what I took out of Dan Campbell's comments was simply, we're moving on. We got to win football games. We got something special here. So, JMO, hopefully you can help out. We're not mad, but if you can't, you're not going to play. If you can, man, I think you can take the top off of defense, and we'd love to have you. So that's what I take out of those comments. What do you take out of those comments? I'd love to hear from you. Comment section below. But, of course, you know what this leads to. This leads to what is Jamison Williams? And that became the topic of sports radio yesterday. It was no longer about how good the Lions are, what they can do in the NFC. Dare you think about a Super Bowl? No. It was, did Brad Holmes screw up? Did he waste a first-round pick? What are you thinking? And I do think there's two sides to this story. I think there's two camps that we've already said as well. I think side one is simple. If you're trying to be fair to Jamison Williams, which I think you should try to be fair to the youngster. Some people get mad when I say youngster. He's a man, okay? The man. Jamison Williams in college had a wonderful year at Alabama. But before that, he was at Ohio State. He didn't do much there. Played in a combined 19 games, 15 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. Then he left. Why'd he leave? Ask him. He said the receiver room in Columbus was getting too crowded. He wanted more targets, and the targets weren't going to come from there. That immediately rubs people the wrong way. Well, you can't stick it out in Columbus. He made the right decision. He went to Alabama, had a fantastic season. As a junior, he played in 15 games, 79 receptions, 15 touchdowns. That, my friends, is what made him a first-round pick. Then he got injured. You remember the injury. And he still was a first-round pick. Jamison Williams has had a really screwed-up start to his NFL career, if we're being completely honest, okay? Completely honest. Has Bryce Young thrown him the football? Probably got open all the time. I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of contested catches in Alabama. So you're kind of behind the eight ball to begin with, because in the NFL, it's all about contested catches. Bama? probably streaking free because he was simply faster than everybody else. His route running didn't have to be great. Catching the football maybe was a little easier for him. Seems like a challenge right now. And he had one of the best quarterbacks in the world throwing him the football. Easy to look good when he's that fast and he's got that much talent around him. But then he got injured and the Lions drafted him. And Dan Campbell made this point. He didn't practice last year. J-Mo played in six games last year with the Lions. He had one touchdown and one catch and nine targets. He was never given a chance. It was unfair to ask Jamison Williams to try to be on the same page, at least in my mind, as everybody else in his rookie season, damn near the season's over. Last six weeks he played. Didn't practice again. Then look at the offseason. He gets suspended. Then he gets hurt. 
and he's not allowed to rehab with the Lions, and he's not allowed to practice with the Lions. And was it his fault? Of course it was his fault. But still, behind the eight ball again, that he finally comes back and the NFL says, we were probably a little unfair with that suspension. Comes back two weeks early, gets about, what, eight, nine days of practice. Then he gets thrown into his first game, making his season debut. Still not quite sure about that contested catching thing. Route running's got to be better in the NFL. He's having issues catching the football. He said he hit the jugs machine. A hundred catches, right? Said he did two a days. You probably need to do more than that. But all in all, I think it's a little unfair to expect Jamison Williams to just come back and have great success simply because he's fast. I know people are going to say, look at Sam Laporta. He's already got three touchdowns. That's two more than Jamo. One of them on the same play that Jamo got his TD on last year. I get it. Laporta also had an entire training camp. Laporta has also had rep among rep among rep to establish a chemistry with Jared Goff. The pecking order in Detroit is tough to craft. We already went through it. The only reason he got 28 snaps was because there was no Jameer Gibbs, was because there was no Amon Ross St. Brown. That changes next week in Tampa. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I think it's a little unfair to expect Jamison Williams to be this all-world player. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. All the people that want to label him the B-word, the bust word, I think it's unfair. I do. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to figure out the NFL lifestyle. What I am saying is give him a little time. And for all the people that say, well, he's had time, he really hasn't. I just illustrated to you that he hasn't right? And I do think the big thing is making the leap when you dominated everybody in college at Alabama to going to the NFL where everybody's on you. And speed alone is not going to save you. So I think it's unfair to call him a bust. And I still think there's a chance that he's going to be just fine and electric. And he's still fast. I watched him all Sunday. I iso nine. He still has the ability to create separation. But that's camp one. People think he's going to be a bust. I disagree. But then camp two. Because I'm not blind to the fact that there are issues here. Okay? There are issues. And his teammates and coaches have talked about it. I want to play a couple cuts. Okay? Couple cuts from before the season. This was Dan Campbell on Jamison Williams before the season, talking about simply he needs to work on his hands to be a better pass catcher. Take a listen. Uh, His hand mechanics, you know, he's got to work those pre-practice. He's got to work on post-practice, you know, and, and I mean, really, he just got to grind on it. And even then, it's not, you know, um, it'll never be, 
probably like one of these elite, uh, you know, pass catchers that you've seen it, but, but it'll be just fine with his speed and what he's able to do. But there's a number of things he can clean up with it. And I, I think it's just, man, time on task, work through it. Because honestly, there are some things that, um, just a simple change of the way your hands are by ball location, pinky to pinky, thumb to thumb, that'll go a long way for him. Um, and, um, and so we just got to keep working through it. Just- All right. So that's Dan Campbell simply saying JMO needs to work. He literally called out his player. You got to work harder. You got to grind on it, he says. And I'm not quite sure that Jamison Williams has done that. So for all the people that say he's a bust, I'm never going to go that far. I think it's way too soon. But I do see some red flags for sure. And that's one of them. His head coach said, you got to be better. You got to work harder. You got to grind harder. You got to learn to catch the football. And I'm not so sure that Jamison's taking that to heart just yet. But Campbell wasn't the only one. Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's spoken once this season. He's the backup quarterback, right? So he's not going to speak all that often. But when he officially signed with the Lions, he had a media availability. This was in training camp. Listen what he said about JMO. I'm sure you heard this, but let me play it for you again. So he's a guy like I really want to just, you know, see have a, a long future in this league because you all know like he, he, he was a first rounder for a reason. So, um, like I said, I just want to challenge him, you know, to be the best player that he can be, be a true pro. Uh, and I'm excited that, you know, I get to, you know, hey, challenge him. Uh, and, and really, I'm, I'm going to implement some things that's going to really make him hate me. <laughs> but it's going to be great for JG. It's going to be great for this offense, this organization. And, um, you know, I'm excited about his future. So he's- So that's Teddy Bridgewater. I love the part where he says, I'm going to implement some things that is really going to make him hate me. But it's going to be better for him and the organization and Jared Goff and everybody, right? That's Teddy Bridgewater essentially saying, J-Mo needs to work. He needs to work, right? And Teddy Bridgewater seems like a guy that takes young guys aside and helps them make it in the NFL. I don't know if that's happened. I have no idea if that's happened. So again, I'm not going to call him a bust, but all the people that want to say, well, you know, there's issues. I see some of those issues. I think simply put, J-Mo's got to work harder. And we'll see if he continues to come around. But where are you on this? What camp are you in? Have you already decided that Jamison Williams, who was taken 12th overall in two years ago's draft, is not going to give you anything? Are you one of those people? Or are you kind of like I am? Give the kids some chances. Give him some time. He has not had the traditional start to his NFL career. He's missed a lot of time due to injury, due to a suspension. He hasn't had a chance to get on the same page with anybody, not to mention it's a stacked offense. So just to think that it's going to happen because he was good in college, give him some time. What camp are you in? He's a bust or give him some time. But more than anything, Right now, it doesn't matter, because if you go back to the premise of this podcast, which was the words of Dan Campbell to our morning show about Jamison Williams, it sounds like Campbell's moved on from JMO. Not like 
I'm kicking you off the team. Not like I don't trust you. Not like you're never going to do anything for us. Not like you're a boss. But I got other things to worry about. And we have a functioning, really good offense. So, JMO, if you can find a way to help us out, we'd love to have you. But if it's going to take you a little longer, that's fine because our offense is pretty kick-ass right now. So what do you think? What did you make of Campbell's comments? And what group are you in? Are you in the JMO's a bust? You've decided already? Or he needs some more time. Give the man a chance. Let me know. Comment section below. The one thing that I hated, I hated all the unfair stuff. JMO was lighting fireworks on the 4th of July. Oh my gosh. I understand there's been NFL players that have hurt themselves. Hockey players too. But do you know that 99.9% .9 of the population lights fireworks on the 4th of July? So I wasn't about to go after Jameson Williams for that. Oh, JMO went to Vegas. Oh, my God, after he got suspended. Oh, no. JMO's giving away money to kids in a neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. What a bad guy. JMO went to Maconey at 2 in the morning. I thought all that stuff was piling on. I did not think that stuff was fair at all. I didn't want to get into that stuff because I don't think it matters. I'm concerned about what he does on the field. And after what happened last week, it wasn't a great game. I do expect it to get better. And yes, I see both sides. Usually I come on here, I take one side, I hammer it to death. I urge you to disagree and I want to have a fight. I want to argue. I want to debate. With this, I see everybody's point of view. I'm just not going to call the guy a boss. And I'm going to give him some more time. But I fully admit, if he can't figure it out this year, if he's not giving you meaningful plays and reps and snaps and doing special things by Thanksgiving, a little after Thanksgiving, then next year's make or break. He'll have a full offseason. He'll have a full training camp. And if he's not amazing next year, I don't think his future will be long in Detroit. But I'm not there yet. And I think he deserves the time to prove it. So, again, comment section below. Where are you? The Jamison Williams saga continues. In the meantime, I say worry less about Jamo, worry more about winning. That's what I say. Because right now, it's about a 4-1 football team that's really freaking good. And Jamo can help them be better. But if he doesn't, the Lions are still going to be really freaking good. So comment section below. Let me know you what you think. Let's get to the comments, shall we? Every podcast, every episode of The Daily Ticket, I read a comment, a good comment, a bad comment, comments that you leave, that you're nice enough to leave. Please rate, review, comment, download. Trying to grow The Daily Ticket. Here's the good comment. Very nice. This one comes from Eduardo O'Neill on YouTube. Says, I love these shows. My only complaint is I wish they were longer, like 45 minutes to an hour. That's the whole comment. How about that? Somebody that actually wants to listen or hear more of me, to watch more of me. Like, I don't even think my wife or kid wants to see or listen to more of me. But Eduardo does. Eduardo, I love you, baby. Thank you, Eduardo. I got a fan out there. That, my friends, is a good comment. Thank you. It's very nice. How about the bad comment? Here's the bad comment. 
I don't get this. Maybe you can help me out. So yesterday's podcast, I gave you eight great things about the Detroit Lions. I had not one, but two people. Two. Two. Say that I've never noticed this before, but Rieger has a lisp. Do I? Listen, I don't have the greatest voice in the world. I think that's obvious. In fact, it's damn straight annoying. But I don't think I have a lisp. I got to be honest, those comments kind of stuck with me today. I did a radio show with Bob Wojo. Two hours, six to eight, a Tuesday night. And then I did this podcast after. And I feel I'm trying to enunciate my words better to try to figure out if I do have a lisp. So please, in addition to your thoughts about Jamison Williams and what do you think of him and what camp are you in? Are you in bust camp or he needs more time? I need to know about this too. Do I have a lisp? I don't think I do. I know my voice is not great. I get it. I wish it was deep, like Peter Jennings type. I'll do my Peter Jennings right here. He was always like this, sleeves rolled up, very serious. But he's really good at what he did. I know I don't have a voice like that, but I don't think I have a lisp. So add to the comments. Let me know. It's another episode of The Daily Ticket. Tomorrow, hockey season begins. Now, yesterday, Connor Bedard played Sidney Crosby. Tomorrow, Wings are in New Jersey to take on the Devils. Season begins. They're going to try to make the postseason for the first time in the last seven seasons. Tomorrow, I have Ken Callon, one of my favorite guys. The play-by-play voice of the Red Wings. The people's voice, he likes to call himself. People's announcer, rather. But we'll get Kenny on. I already know what I'm going to ask him. It's going to be a lot of hockey stuff, but Ken Cal has this great story about going to the White House when the Wings won the Cup the first time. And he's in an interaction with Scotty Bowman. So I'm going to try to get Candy to tell you that story because it's my favorite Ken Cal story. So, again, that's tomorrow's episode of The Daily Ticket. It's been fun as always. Rate, review, download, comment. Love you all. We'll catch you tomorrow. Good night.